Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, we're back for week three of Good Leaders in Bad Times. That's right. We've been talking about sort of reframing, helping us be better leaders and looking at ourselves and seeing what we find there that may be causing problems in our workplace. And then last week we discussed going behind the problem. Exactly. Because when bad times hit and there's lots going on and a lot of it's outside of your control, we need this kind of frank honesty, this kind of ability to look at ourselves and to explore more deeply into the dynamics that are going on if we stand a chance at all. And um, that's why we're here. We're doing this series because we just did a series um, lambasting leaders for sticking their heads in the sand. So this week, let's shift our attention to those with whom we work. That's right. I think one of the purposes of our podcast is always trying to get leaders and their employees to connect and work together and what you call the not just the soft side of, of leadership, but really the most empowering and the most rewarding part of leadership. Hard facts of working with people. So we're going to turn this one about working with people around on you and suggest that we want to train people to be better than we are. We want to, them to be more competent, more skilled than we are. How's that for a goal? I know. Well, it is hard because I, I would say that in our culture, that's a, a little bit countercultural because as leaders, we want to be the most knowledgeable, the most uh, experienced. Yes. That's what it says on the resume. That's why they hire us because we're better than everybody else. But, well, and we need to be able to evaluate what everyone else is doing. That's and, right. Yeah. But as we know from you know the people we listen to, their bosses are usually the ones that they consider to be less knowledgeable about the things that they're actually doing. So how do we solve those both being misperceptions. Well, you know, the one assumption we got to just kind of call for what it is, is um, that being higher on the organizational chart is not mean that you know more or better at anything than anyone else. It means you have more responsibility entrusted to you in the set of responsibilities that you're given. So, and actually most of us are working in firms that are, you know, reasonable in size and, and complex. So what we're really saying when we want to train people to be better than we are, is that we cannot have all the skills. We cannot know all that's entailed to make everything happen in our company. So it's actually, we need a team that has all those diverse skills, capacities, abilities, styles to bring to the table to address our complex mission. And to not have them, or to only be hiring people who are not as good as you in any of those areas is is like tying your hands behind your back. Why would you do that? Well, it's again, I think we feel threatened. And how do we get beyond that? How do we not feel threatened, not feel as if, you know, they're going to take over or they're not going to respect me if they know more about their job or their fear, role than me? Fear, fear, fear. Our leaders are so insecure. And that's why we started our series with looking in the mirror is uh, not to blame yourself. Look in the mirror, but... You know, who's there? Being honest with yourself about what you bring to the table and what you don't bring to the table. That's just honesty. And if you can be honest and you can lay out on the table now all the things that you do not bring to the table, you know, I think it's a great skill to be able to say, and I do not want to bring them to the table because I'm good at these things and I need to bring them to the table. So I want other people to bring the rest of the skills to the table. And I want the best there is. I want the very best there is. Those are leadership attributes. That's strength. 
That's power. That's wisdom. And so then it's not threatening to have people who know more than you do in certain areas because you're all on the same side. You've created a culture where you're all on the same side. So again, when you have created a culture where your employees are in an adversarial relationship with you and you are trying to get the most out of them for the least possible and are worried that they're you know, trying to get away with doing as little as possible, you don't stand a chance to make anything work because it's all a fight. But if you're all on the same side and you're getting the best there is and you're going to let them be the best, then you, know, you can all bring all these skills, all these abilities, all these different ways of looking at things and thinking about things that don't go well together and keep working at things, and you explode off in new trajectories that you never would have ever come up with your own doing leadership in isolation. Well, two things it makes me think about is why wouldn't you want to work with people who are competent, who you trust, who are good at their jobs, who you've kind of trained to do things well? I mean, that's only going to make your job easier. Exactly. And on the flip side, I do see that I have seen situations where people were not sort of met their full capacity because their bosses were afraid that they would leave or be more competent and move on to something better. That's right. That's right. So you keep them in their place. Even within the firm, they don't promote people to another department because they'd lose them in their own. And and hence, you know, clamping down on anyone's professional development is a sure way to lose them all together to begin with. No, we are suggesting that if you, as the person with power, uh, up on the higher level of the organizational chart, if you can set the tone that what you're about is their success, their learning, you all want to get everything done and you want to make money in this company and you want to you know, get things done on time and have it work out, then that builds trust. And then people want to work harder because you've created this safe place. It's about them getting their job done. Same goal, except that it's a positive and builds trust to help people get their job done where it's negative and breaks down trust when you're trying to protect the company against people who don't want to get their job done. Two different perspectives on leadership. Well, either way, why wouldn't you want to create a better workplace for yourself? I mean, if it, it takes so much of our time to be with people. I mean, we spend more time with our coworkers than our own families. You know, it seems so obvious out of our perspective, but people are really working in these blind spots that, you know, we'd love to come alongside you and show you alternatives where it doesn't have to do with your own competence standing or falling. And it doesn't have to do with, you know, having a board or somebody, you know, throw you out and you got to protect yourself. It's got to do with making things happen. And if you can make things happen, then you get results and results get rewarded. And you don't believe that's going to happen, then you've got to yeah, tough road to hoe. Well, and again, I want to warn. I mean, I think there we are, and it is. It's just our personalities that we want to sort of implement these things, sort of in an in authentic way. Not that we mean it so, but we think it'll make happier just for you know to actually talk about things and, but not really make real changes. And so I think we warn a lot about what you call techniqueing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Techniquing. Well, people know when you're techniquing them. And by that, what we mean is you just apply the technique and you don't really care what people are thinking or want to contribute. But when you genuinely care about what other people are doing, it is motivating to work harder. When you appreciate what people are doing, it is more motivating to go the extra mile for you. These are not do good, be nice, moralistic things we're trying to 
push on people. These are practical, uh, what makes people tick realities that if you don't come to terms with them, you are going to be at odds with each other at work, which does not get the results that being on the same side as each other will get you. Well, and, and being a good place to work, a place where people are thriving, makes sense as a business model. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we keep um, harping on is choose the business model that gets people to come alive and want to show up and throw themselves into their jobs because they're valued and they're smart and they know how to do their thing and they can put it in there. You guys are going to make money. You guys are going to be able to pull this thing off with this combination of people and skills. I think that's exciting. Yeah. But be careful. Don't do it just to get the results. I mean, you have to care about the people. Well, next week we'll be talking about the flip side of accountability, reporting to your team. That's going to be fun too. Yeah. I think we're turning everything upside down. Maybe we should retitle this series. Upside down leadership in bad times? Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Imagine reporting to your team. Well, if that doesn't scare you all week long, I don't know what will, but come back. We're going to have fun with this. Come back. Yeah. As always, we're on the web at boldenterprises.com. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.